Hello, my name is Eleanor Wells and I'm a filmmaker based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was a guest on Something Rather Than Nothing last fall, and I'm excited to share with all of you that I'm currently in development on my next short film. This one is called Time in a Bottle. It's set in the 1970s about a young female photographer who gets involved in a toxic relationship. It's about finding sense in the senseless, and I hope it can be an important conversation piece about the very real issues that women often face. It stars local theater director and actress Kimberly LeBurge, who is also a guest on this podcast. But we need your help. Movie making is not cheap, and I'm asking for your support. We launched a GoFundMe and have already raised a small portion of our budget, but we need your help getting the rest of the way. Every little bit truly makes a difference. You can also follow my company at Cinderella Motion Pictures on Facebook and Instagram, where we'll post updates about the short as they arise. Thank you so much, and please keep supporting the arts. You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. We'll just we'll just mm-hmm. rock it. We'll rock yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Well, first of all, any questions about the show? I know with you knowing Liz, she's seen some of the stuff and what it's about. Any questions about the show for you? No, no. I mean, yeah, I saw and heard that episode, and I guess I'm just you know, I I, I don't want to make it an interview about you, but I, I am curious as to like how long you've been doing it for, and you know what what the mission is with it. Is it like mostly artists that you're interviewing, or is it all sorts of people? Well, actually, well, thanks for the question. It might be useful for me to answer because, like, part of like this is like after an amount of time, like I realize I haven't like s- stepped back a tiny bit. But no, um, let me say like this is this is uh, your episode one forty six. Um, about mm-hmm. I started about three years ago. Um, I There's had been a not, few before me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had not. I had not identified myself as an artist in any form or fashion prior to five years ago mm-hmm. and um i started uh i started uh, uh painting i started um i started the podcast and i've done writing before too but it's really been a vehicle for me to develop in an area that is like i'm super sensitive to so i i'm trained in labor I'm a labor union guy. That's mm-hmm. my main like identity and thing. Um, but I was also a philosopher. So I, I taught uh, philosophy for a bit and I, I studied a master's in philosophy. And in like 1994, I had a professor named Cheryl Foster and she had this course, what is art? Mm-hmm. And I took this course and I was like, I really didn't like many of us, I really didn't think like, ah, that's cool. Like, what is art? Kind of like, you know, foofy, like, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. sounds cool. And the problem was it was ridiculously cool because mm. um, we studied, we studied theory, um, you know, theory of aesthetics, you know, what's, what's the art? Is there a perfect art? You know, is the mm. sunset uh, God's painting, you know, all this, you know, wonderful type of stuff. And interesting. Um, she was pretty idiosyncratic in her presentation. So she had us study Saturday Night Fever and uh, Silence of the Lambs were our two films. Those are two super different movies, but they're kind of, I guess, around the same time, right? Saturday Night Fever, was that like late well, 80s or something? Or uh, Saturday Night Fever is like late 70s. So maybe about 15, okay. 15 years spread. But the thing was, Saturday Night Fever is being you know, uh, the study of kitsch, right? But mm-hmm. at the time being like the most, the most profound apotheosis, popular cultural statement, it was like this disco tragedy, you know, trying for the highest art. And then when the yeah. culture kind of disappears underneath it, it's this, what the hell is that thing, you know? Right, so, right. Yeah. And it was the like this little we blip in time where this was cool and then it kind of shifted. Yeah, but it was profound in this, yeah. what it was doing. Um, and then with Silence of the Lambs, that was super popular at the time, you know, kind of like first horror movie, I guess, that would would have won, you know, an Academy Award and all the other aspects. It, right, it bridged that gap between like a realistic tragedy and then like a more B-movie horror almost. But it had this blend where it was, it was just very serious. 
So all of a yeah. sudden, like a horror movie could be considered an Oscar contender. It's interesting. Right, right. Particularly, you know, at Hopkins and, you know, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, um, uh, so that class was like really cool. And that question, what is art? I did that when I was young. I'm 49 now. So I was in my 20s. And um, like philo- philosophy questions that you think about as a philosopher, as a person, it just like lingers. And mm-hmm. um, so then I started asking people who do art and my learning has just accelerated um, and it puts me in contact with folks like you, uh, painters, burlesque dancers, opera writers, mm-hmm. uh, p- poets, um, sculptors. So those who create, I also have had a couple guests who, um, who are kind of like first female, uh, like within sports that have like the first manager for the Yankees who was, oh, uh, wow. no way. First female manager for, she's in this like lower levels for the Yankees. So sure. first female baseball manager. So it's like, I would say like a wide array variety, but like female first as well. I've also had 14 indigenous, uh, women. Yes. On the show. Wow. Yeah. So I think there's, um, just see what I end up developing. And um, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. Cause like artists always want a means to get their work out there. So to have a podcast that sort of like facilitates that is I think would be very attractive to anybody who makes anything. So you can kind of like navigate your way and meet all different sorts of people. And then those people can connect. And I think it's a great thing for sure. I think it, well, I'm an organized, I'm a union organizer by trade too. So what I found oh, fascinating really? was developing what I, some of my skills like all of a sudden i'm like i think i'm doing arts organizing now too uh-huh, you know yeah. what i mean like because yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. skills that i had and i was like you know this person that person does this over here and like in my head i'm like it's all connected <laughs> right right when I mean, yeah for sure um let me ask you let me ask you a question matt and it's a blunt it's a blunt question um you know i watched i watch i watch your movies Daddy's Wallet, Miss Freelance, Henry, House to Herself, and you've done other film. Yeah, my my impression, my impression of these, uh, and I'm just saying it's I watched them recently, uh sure. beautifully shot. Um, an entry into very vulnerable psychological uh moments uh, with the characters. Deep feelings of uh, shame, uh, mm-hmm. of 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 confusion, uh, mm-hmm. presented in and as I mentioned to you, Matt, a beautiful sound array, and these are short films. My my blunt question is this, and I'm going to tell you, it's tied to a friend of yours and and and, and recent guest Liz Kiger. I watched Orfeo, mm-hmm. and I'm watching beautiful film. And yeah. we know that there's Hollywood and we know that there's film all around. Uh, how do these folks, how do folks encounter these films? What is it like operating and working in ind- independent short film mm-hmm. where you're producing these discrete, incredible pieces? What What is that film world like, Matt? I'm very fascinated by it. Yeah, it's interesting because mostly I work in the indie film territory, you know, so I don't do too many big, you know, union Hollywood things or anything like that. I mean, lately now I've been getting a few requests to do like feature films, which are always because it's a feature, there's just a bigger budget, but it's still indie. Uh, But working in this field is definitely interesting because you're working with people's raw emotions and people's dreams. So, you know, when they make a movie and it's like their goal and dream to make their vision come true, you're working with like a a very sensitive piece of material normally. And I think that's more fascinating than like making something that's just trying to be sold because you're kind of dealing with this person's emotions and thoughts and feelings. And and you you might not even know them, but you kind of get to know them through the art. And uh, with producing my own personal short films, there's no profit motive at all for those. Normally, my... uh, my way of making profit is by getting hired by other people to make their 
dreams come true, so to speak. And, uh, and then I just use the money that I make from that to fund my own stuff to sort of, you know, figure out my own thoughts and emotions and feelings and channel that through filmmaking. And that's sort of the goal there. And I kind of like that there's no uh, ulterior motive. The goal is just to sort of figure yourself out by getting a group of people together and making something that means something to you. Yeah. And, and, and it, well, and, 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 and thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for the films We're we're talking with uh, Matthew Levine. Uh, uh, now uh, I would say, you know, uh, director, but I know you do a whole, whole host of things and maybe you can help us out with that. But as a cinematographer, I know uh, uh-huh. you've, you've, you've acted and you've been around many different roles um, around, around the film. Uh, first, prior to get into a little bit more of that, uh, Matt, Great pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, uh, thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming on and talking philosophy and and in 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 film. Um, but uh, so about those different roles around uh, of film, well, mm-hmm. could you give us a peek into you know how you how you see the different uh, components in in your work and you know having the talent and ability to be to see different aspects of of filmmaking. What does that make for you? do for you when you make your own film for sure well when i was younger and i started making movies i didn't have anyone's help except maybe like my best friend shay glasheen who i've been working with for a long time and he's always kind of involved in all the movies but uh from the very beginning uh you know if maybe he wasn't around one day or whatever i'd still want to make movies since i was like eight nine years old so i kind of had to learn how to start writing the thing then getting the the camera figuring out what lenses i wanted to use and you know getting the lighting right blah 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 all on my own and then I would even act in the movie myself because no one else was there to help me. I'm just like an eight-year-old kid that wants to make a movie. So I kind of learned all facets of production. And, and then it, obviously then you have to do post-production. You have to edit the thing that you have. And you have to kind of make it a piece that you're happy with on your own with the limited knowledge that you have. So from that get-go of like, I need to make something for myself and I don't want anyone's help or I don't need anyone's help. I just want to do it on my own. That kind of helped me to learn all the different facets of production from, you know, writing, shooting, acting, directing, lighting, and then ultimately editing and colorizing the thing in the end. And uh, then I've just sort of based my, uh, I'm a freelancer, so I've based my career on just using any of those aspects to uh, make a, to basically make a business. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, it's, it's great. And, and thank you for the, for, for answering that question. I know within film there is, you know, there is a lot of like, let's figure it out and, and, you know, DIY and how do, how do Mm -hmm. I fill in? But one of the things I found really fascinating as I've interviewed artists is that a lot of times where, you know, an artist is known as, as one thing. um, And, you know, there's kind of a compulsion or a pull or a push or something to present yourself as that thing. I find it very fascinating to talk about the different components of the way you see and hear around what you're creating in the, in the different roles that you fill, you know, um, or when I'm talking to, you know, painters who also write and, and do mm-hmm. that, it's a piece that's missed. And I think that's why the conversation can get deeper into, you know, really seeing all every, every part that, that goes into it. But, uh, Hey Matt, we're going to, we're going to jump back to the beginning. We're a little bit jumpy here, but I get to hit you with one of the big questions at the, at the beginning sure. is, uh, and it's a little bit of an origin and uh, about whether 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 folks are artists when when they're born, whether you, whether maybe humans have that propensity. So. So, Matt, when you were hmm. born, were you an artist? That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I, from the very beginning, when I was like a little kid, I always kind of came up with little stories. And I even remember as far back as like first grade. I would, uh, you know, I, I would gather people to create an artistic project, you know, like I had a friend who was good at drawing. So I would be like, hey, I'll write this story and then you do the illustrations for it. And then, I'll, you know, we'll go up in front of the class and then we'll tell the story. Like I always kind of wanted to, you know, just channel what I was thinking into a story format and then get an audience to see it. And then uh, after that, even then into middle school, I, you know, I started this little acting troupe where we would do little skits and sketches and you know, we got a little bit of a fan base from that as far as like our classmates goes and stuff like that. And then that sort of just transitioned into finally picking up a camera and like writing scripts. And, you know, I would, I always was, I loved movies since I was a kid, you know, from the very beginning. And I think I just 
always wanted to, whenever I would see other pieces of art, like when I'd listen to music or I'd watch films or see paintings or whatever, I'd be like, oh, well, that's so cool. I want to get into that. I want to try that out. And so I've kind of, it's, it's caused me to like dabble into everything. Like I've tried painting, I, you know, I make music, I make films, I write stories, you know, kind of do all, all sorts of things. Just it's, It almost comes from like a jealousy, I think, of seeing other people do something and being like, well, why can't I do that? I want to do that too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe from, from when I was born, I don't know if I was like a baby coming up with film ideas, but like, you know, ever since I could start coming up with ideas and, and you know, taking in art for what it is, I think I've always wanted to, to make it. But I feel in a way like everybody is an artist because I know, you know, there's not one person you meet that like doesn't like movies or music. So the appreciation, I think, can make you an artist in your own way. And then whatever you do, you know, for fun or, or for work kind of can be your own art. Yeah, I, I like uh, there's a little piece in what you're saying. I think there's like this, uh, you know, like a bit of a, 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 a good arrogance, you know, about like wanting to I want to do that as well. You know, that that yeah. that's, that's a drive that pushes you along. And uh, I, 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 I like that as well. It's like that challenge and being like, well, I probably can do this because i've gotten close to doing it before so right why don't i give it a shot so i i love those um i love those uh i love those dynamics so um and you got to be okay with it being bad at first also like every art every every piece of art you make like if you just are getting into it for the first time like i've made so many like really corny cheesy bad movies from when I was a kid and like, you know, the people that made it with me, like we'd watch them and just you know, be like, oh, we can't watch this anymore. Like this is too, <laughs> we can't watch this. Yeah, anymore. We have to hide this. We have to delete this from YouTube, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you have to be bad when you start. Otherwise, how are you going to learn? You know, no one, yeah. I don't think anybody starts making something and they're like incredible at it, you know, from, from the get go there, there's a, like a love for it that you, you might be born with, but no one's born as an amazing artist to start. Yeah, there's so much, so much work that goes into it. Um, I want to get into the, the big, the big question is, is, as well. And uh, um, it's one I enjoy talking to artists about, and it's about what, what is art? And, you know, quickly, the reason I ask is, you know, you put a lot into this. We're talking about, you know, creating art, creating film. Um, but for you, what, what is, what is art? Yeah, I mean, I think art is, uh, I guess, a representation of um, what's going on inside someone's head, you know, and uh, I think as people, we want to create things that, you know, we can see outside of ourselves that represent the inside of ourselves. So uh, whether it's like music or painting or a movie or, or whatever, it's just a reflection of what's inside you. And there's some sort of like psychological satisfaction, I think, in seeing something that represents your own thoughts and emotions, but it's like outside of yourself so you can you know, analyze it. Uh, and I think that kind of feeling and satisfaction that comes with that is like what drives people to do it. It's definitely what drives me to do it. Like I'm just trying to figure myself out. So, you know, if I can make a movie and I can channel these thoughts and emotions that I'm currently having into characters in a story, then I can watch it again and then I can almost learn something from it after after watching it, after rewatching it. Like I can rewatch a movie that I've made a year later and I'll, I'll learn new things. Oh, I was probably going through that at that time or, oh, I was probably feeling that way about that thing. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of my drive to do it. It's just to sort of like figure out what we're all like doing here and, you know, what, what everything means. Yeah, I want to drill on that 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 component a little bit. I mean, it's it, it's fascinating to me. Um, you know, like you looking at what you had, you had done there, and and uh, you know, just identifying maybe why you made those choices, or like that's what my my thinking was. And yeah. I was thinking about the intimacy of the viewer watching uh, the film. You know, the, your films, and uh, with the content, there's there there's there's deep thing where you pulled in I, I don't want to use any terms loosely within film but like a, a voyeur of of viewing of seeing somebody yeah. in shame yeah and and you know in in delving and in, in delving into that and for you as a creator kind of seeing you know uh that again so let's let's take that let's take that component uh matt because um it's always interesting in a challenge to 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 talk about you know video on 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 audio but one of the uh, let me talk about uh henry uh and mm -hmm. not giving uh anything away i'm going to talk talk about it generally uh sure. because 
nowadays with films, we have to say, you know, <laughs> we have to approach it the right way. But what right. I wanted to to ask or just mention about it is that um, uh, I'm deeply pulled and fascinated uh, when you when when we're taken into private space, in particularly the yeah. idea of a hotel room. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, we think about transients i think about when people are in the move they may be themselves or they may not be themselves yeah uh, they might be away from others who would modify their behavior they might be away from them and one of the components uh for me with like the that idea of a hotel in 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 that peering in that 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 happens uh, here i was thinking of the movie um uh, anomalisa which is oh, I haven't um, seen it, it which but, is, I, but I know that it's a it's Charlie Kaufman, isn't it? It's Charlie it's Kaufman. Right? And, and the reason I mentioned it's in the context of it's in the hotel. And there's things uh -huh. about the way that the film is done is stop motion where the movements, everything seems supernatural. Mm -hmm. uh, everything seems so mundane and so normal. But there's a lot of psychological things going on. And that's what I see. We bring into a common scene of a hotel room yeah. and uh in 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 the character the character in the in the film is trying to procure an escort and there's things that happen after that that yeah you think it might be scammed followed by right. uh a, a situation where the main character has to deal with and and get through that is very different uh than than the other yeah um Peering in on your film to those moments that every viewer can feel and understand as far as shame or mm -hmm. being tricked or being exposed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is it like as a director bringing folks to that spot? Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, I think all of my films, at least the last four that we're that we're talking about, are all very uh, voyeuristic, and they're all kind of cinema verite in the in the way that you know we want it to almost seem like it's not a movie, like you're just watching someone's life, and, and they the character is right there, we're right close up to them, but somehow they don't acknowledge the camera and they don't realize that an audience is watching them to sort of maybe hone in on some sort of truth or or something that maybe we wouldn't be able to see if we were just watching someone's life from the surface, like if we just met them, you know, out on the street, you know, the, the movies are meant to kind of explore what we are like when we're alone and when we're at our most vulnerable. So uh, yeah, Henry specifically, I think uh, what we were trying to hone in on with that one is just sort of like you, the headspace that you have when you're getting further and further away from everyone, you know, and how everyone, you know, uh, links yourself to your own identity. And if you're getting further and further from those people, your identity could slip further and further away. And almost your most, um, your, your most, uh, what's the word? Like you, you, your, your most immoral habits can sort of come out and, uh, and, and can be reflected in your actions. And then the movie in a way, in an almost biblical way, sort of punishes our main character for not acknowledging those that are close to them and taking advantage of those that are close to him. And, and then uh, suffering the consequences in a way, it's yeah. it's almost like a like a meditation on guilt, like and how we feel after we do something that we uh, that we feel bad about, how we feel that we deserve, you know, the worst the worst punishment, you know, and and in Henry the worst punishment is, you know, dying in the desert. Yeah, the um, uh, in in biblical, I hadn't thought of that 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 word, but I was I um I once took a course that was a history course and hang on, hang on here. This sounds a little strange, but there was a major section of it that dealt into the history of shame and guilt hmm. and how that's been used to modify, at least within American culture, 19th to 20th century. So the idea is that with the public eye in a more connected society or close society uh, back in the past, that, shame was heavily dominant to the eyes of the others modified our behavior. So you think of shame as like, I feel shame because others are uh, moving shame towards me. Whereas right. guilt, the great interiority of guilt. And sometimes that's tied to um, 
uh, like Protestant or some religious, some Jewish religious traditions of like the idea of guilt, which was more that interiority. Like, I don't need the outside eye. That interiority to it is going to guide my behavior. So when I was watching, like I've had that kind of great frame when I was watching Henry, I was thinking about the fact that we as viewers are like imposing the shame or now we're eyes to witness the shame yet right, it's a private right. moment <laughs> right and we have the sort of respite character to be like oh great we're gonna put all of our you know guilt and shame on this guy because he's fictional so now we can really judge him there's something about watching a character do bad things that i think we all like as an audience because we get to go like well i'm great and this character is the one that's making all the mistakes. And this is a great lesson to learn because, you know, I would never do that. But at least we could see someone that would. But the truth is, like, we're all capable of these kinds of, you know, shameful acts. And I, I think the movies kind of explore that. And going back to what we were saying, too, about how, uh, you know, you can watch your your own art or your own film and then, like, learn more about it. Even every time I talk about it, I feel like I learn more. Like, the way I described Henry to you just now, I feel like uh, I learned a little bit more about it this time. It's like, oh, yeah, the hotel part was the shameful moment. And then the desert is almost metaphorically, the desert scene is almost metaphorically uh, how he feels uh, that he deserves punishment. And the movie is sort of an exercise in, like, what that character feels he deserves after doing something shameful. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, I don't know if you tagline. I don't know how things marketing work. It'll be uh, Matthew, Matthew, Kyle Levine, and have it be, uh, you know, public shame for your uh, for to help you make you feel better. You know, like, right. I don't know. If that's right, right, right. Yeah, that'll be the tagline. Yeah, but no, that dynamic, that dynamic's going on. And um, while I'm in deeply intrigued and pulled, and you know, other viewers are going to be like, "Shit, I ain't going down that road." You know, like right, right, right. You know, you you know it. I mean, but but for me, I, I loved uh, the the journey and thinking about that. Um, uh, so, Matt, uh, we talked about art, what art is. Um, I've been grappling with the issue of. Uh, for me, the world seems different in 2022. Things that I knew don't I don't believe believe anymore. Uh, there's mm -hmm. doubt. Things have changed. It seemed. But what about what about what about art right right now? Um, is is art just doing the same old things that art's supposed to do for us? Or I don't know, sitting here right now, May 2022, is art supposed to be doing something different? Or what do you mm -hmm. think? Yeah, I mean, I guess you're referring just generally to like the political climate and like COVID and all that political stuff. Political right? I mean, COVID and just kind yeah. of like structural shifts. I would even throw in the massive expropriation of wealth from all the people to the, to, to the top, but that's just me commenting, right, right. but right, you know, right. lots, lots of social shifts at least. Yeah. Yeah. All those big ideas and, and concepts and, you know, the, these things that frustrate us and, and, and nag at us, I feel like, uh, every, like almost everything you said, I feel like makes the, its way into the movies that I make for sure. I think Miss Freelance and Daddy's Wallet specifically target the wealth inequality issue for sure. Uh, like the daddy character is this character that is re a representation of the 1% and then all the women in his life are sort of suckling, you know, to just hold on to his wealth and, to, you know, sort of have a better life just based on his own prosperity, you know, and the, the, the weird power dynamic that comes with that. And then Miss Freelance is the same way. Most of her clients are richer than her and more well off. And she's just sort of holding on to them and, you know, just swinging from one to the next just to sort of keep herself afloat. Um, and, uh, but, and so th those were both written, well, Miss Freelance was completely written and filmed before COVID. Daddy's Wallet was written right around when COVID started. So I think there was a little bit of an influence there, but for the most part, it was something that was on my mind before, but Henry and House to Herself are a hundred percent representations of, of what was going on with COVID for sure. They, I wouldn't say they were about COVID specifically at all, but they're definitely a, a representation of the way I feel like the whole COVID situation makes people and, and made me feel house to herself being a, about a, a girl that really can't make any connection with the outside world. And all she is is just on her phone and she has this nice big house. She had everything in her life is great, but there's something uh, stopping her from connecting to others. And Henry is also this story about someone who for the entire film, we only, I'm pretty sure we all, yeah, we only see him the entire time. And then he just communicates with people on the phone. And you, you think maybe it's something particular to this movie uh, but it, but it really is more just that the movie is commenting on, I think, COVID in a way and that we have these connections, but, but somehow all of a sudden, mostly we can only 
we, we can only deal with these people in our lives through technology. And then I think there's a bit of a disconnect that comes with only communicating with people through technology. And that's why I feel like in Henry and in House to Herself, those two characters are losing track of their own identity because they don't have their loved ones around them uh, in person to help them feel like they are who they are. And I, I think in a way there's like a moral slip and like a, almost a personality shift that, that comes with that. Like the, that like comes a, with the reliance on technology. Like a, like a panic, like a panic in a, in a shift with that. And you know, the behavior that comes about with that. Um, no, just extremely, extremely well executed. I love hearing, you know, from you and having recently, you know, watched the films and just kind of mm-hmm. in, 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 in your thinking about them. And again, everybody, uh, Daddy's Wallet, uh, Miss Freelance, House to Herself, and Henry. Uh, Matt will Matt will give us, why don't you tell us right now, Matt, uh, with Vimeo and how to find those films just so people can connect with it, you know, right now. Yeah. yeah if you just go on my, my Instagram, it's just Matthew Kyle Levine. There's always a link to one of the films right now. Henry's the most recent one. So that link is right there in my bio and then that'll take you to my Vimeo and then all the movies are right there. Great. Great. Uh, I know you worked on, uh, Orfeo. Um, mm-hmm. that, 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 I, 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 um, uh, recently featured Liz Kiger, uh, director. And again, you know, um, uh, a marvelous, marvelous film. Uh, not, I haven't seen something like it before. So, um, yeah, I love that Liz made something that was just completely like, Oh, I've never seen like an opera done in this way where it's like, uh, it's all, all the performances are real. Like they all really perform those performances in person on camera and a lot of it is all in one take, which was a big challenge for me uh, at first. Like me and Liz were talking about it and I was kind of like, does it have to be all in one take? Like, can we kind of shift it around? And, you know, we ended up settling on not making literally the entire film in one take because we switch locations. But for the most part, like some of these takes are like 20 minutes long and being a, a single camera, a camera operator and it being an indie film, you know, there's no way to there's no way to have help doing a lot of things like focusing and, you know, shifting the angle and all that stuff. So there, I mean, I had it on the camera on a stabilizer, so I was able to kind of keep things pretty fluid, but there was a lot of crazy movements that, uh, that I had to achieve to get everything in the frame and in focus all the time. It was a great challenge. And I think it, it created a, a sort of like, like a raw live performance feel, even though it's a movie, you know? Yeah. I've, um, I've, I've watched, uh, I've, 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 I'm obsessive about films. I've, I've watched tons of films and um, I uh, become more interested in, you know, how films are made. And uh, tell us about the, this uh, red Komodo six, the, the, the camera and the aesthetic um, because um, that was used and, and tell me what I'm just tell me what I'm seeing. Tell me what I experienced because of that uh, film. Yeah. I wish I had it with me right now so I could just show you. I'm like, well, this is it right here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, uh, I can't say enough. Like, uh, I'm not sponsored by Red or anything like that. I wish I was, obviously. But uh, that is <laughs> yeah. the the Red Komodo is like the greatest camera I've ever dealt with or or ever used. And I and I've used a variety of cameras in my career, and and this one is just absolutely incredible. Just the the way the image quality looks. Uh, is right up there with any other $50,000, you know, crazy red camera or like an RE camera or whatever. But it's in this like tiny little form factor. And unlike a lot of, you know, big cinema cameras, this camera has a screen right on it. So you can, you can treat it almost like it's like a little, like a little DSLR camera, you know, like something like this. Uh, But it actually is like a Netflix approved cinema quality camera that can take you know, all sorts of, uh, of cinema grade lenses and, you know, uh, accessories and, and all that stuff. So, uh, and it's also at a, a really nice cheaper price point. So single camera, or, uh, single camera operators like myself, who like don't always have focus pullers and like, uh, other, you know, ACs to help, uh, they can, they can operate like a high quality camera just on their own because of the form factor. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I had heard of it before and it's just, I, I, I enjoyed the experience of knowing that going in mm-hmm. having a little bit mm-hmm. more intimate knowledge of, uh, production. And then, but I still was left afterwards being like, I experienced something like really, really deep and nice mm-hmm. and different, but I'm still figuring out what it was. So thank yeah. you. 
Yeah, Henry and House to Herself are also shot with that camera. Daddy's Wallet and Miss Freelance, I used a, a Canon uh, C100. Uh, but once I got the red, I could never go back. So I sold that old camera, and I'm just like now filming everything with the red. Yeah, uh, look forward to it. Um, uh, big, big, big question. Approach it whatever way you want. Uh, mm -hmm. Who or what made you who you are? It could be music influences, video, your parents, your friends, uh, whatever. Huh. Like what? Who, who or what made you who who you are? Well, I think there, as far as like what makes you who you are, um, if we're talking about, you know, given that this whole conversation we've been having is about filmmaking and art and stuff like that, there are my influences, like there are the people, there there are the filmmakers that I watch that really I get inspired by and obviously music too. I, I feel like music always inspires me in terms of like, you know, when I, when I want to write, I like to like listen to certain songs to kind of get me going or whatever. Tell but, us, tell us about those, Matt. Tell us about like the filmmakers in the, in the music. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Sure. But yeah, tell us about, yeah. No, sure. Yeah. So my favorite directors are definitely Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, so he was the director of There Will Be Blood and The Master. And I just like his really raw, uh, but also beautiful style of filmmaking. Somehow he can make these very almost Kubrick-esque composed shots but within the shot, it, it feels almost like we're just watching reality. And what's incredible about him is that he always does these period pieces, which, you know, you would think it would take you out of it in a way because you know that this is a modern film and they're just recreating a period. But somehow with his films, unlike anyone else's, I feel like I'm looking into the past and really watching something that I would never be able to see in real life without having like a time machine or, or something like that. So... His films are just incredible. And the performances he gets out of his actors, like, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood and Joaquin Phoenix and, and The Master are just two of the greatest performances I've ever seen. And the fact that those two came out so close to each other, I just, it makes me feel like I'm living in this, like, incredible time for film. Yeah. And uh, obviously Phantom Thread, Licorice Pizza, like the newer movies he has out are, are also incredible. And then as far as, like, older influence influences go, I feel like you can't not mention Stanley Kubrick for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's a big influence, uh, without a doubt. Obviously, 2001, The Shining, Eyes Wide Shut, and all that stuff are, are great. And then there are like indie filmmakers, too, that I absolutely love that, that inspire me, that have made movies that I feel like everyone I, I speak to, they've never seen these movies, so it's almost funny to mention them. But I like these movies just as much as, uh, as, the, as the ones that are more known. Uh, Amorous is a great film from 2014 that uh, is like my like absolute one of my favorite films. It just creates it, it, it creates and shows this rawness and and, and it creates these uh, or it sh showcases these performances that are just really incredibly realistic. And uh, Sleeping Beauty, a 2011 film, not at all related to the to the Disney movie, uh, is an incredible one too that I really recommend people check out. And uh, but then as far as like what makes you who you are, I, I feel like my creative collaborators really uh, make me who I am. Uh, there's two people, two guys, Shea Glashin, Alex Garlados, that I've been working with since I was a kid making movies with. And uh, they, they, they have little bits and pieces of help within most of the films that I've that I've made. And, you know, their influences and their creative minds have really shaped me, you know, made me make made it made me become the filmmaker that I that I am today for sure. Yeah, one wonderful. Thank you. I, uh, I, uh, I, I had seen Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't know if you could see the correlation between that and uh, and the films that I make, but it, it's incredibly, uh, very disturbing stuff, but really raw and realistic, and uh, and really, uh, really touches on the themes that I feel like my films touch on as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And. Um, you know, thinking about um, the master and there will be blood it is a, I love that point where you said, and there's this maybe a confusion or uneasiness where it's that because of the realistic component, you're like, well, I'm not supposed to be watching something that's these three, this realistic from another time. Mm -hmm. Like that right. kind of weird, yeah, that, that weird feeling being like, huh, this is, or at least how you imagine it, right? Because we weren't there, but it feels right. Like and most it. period pieces too are always like, uh, oh, this is a movie about Abraham Lincoln or whatever, you know. And you can kind of like latch onto that. But the fact that his movies are period pieces, but they're about these fictional, maybe they're loosely, like you know, obviously in the master, the uh, the the Philip Seymour Hoffman character is loosely based on L. Ron Hubbard. So like they, they have like touchstone characters from reality that they're they're kind of like basing off the movie off of, but it's still it feels like you're just watching a real person because they aren't uh, historical figures, but they're coming from another time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want I want to ask you one question since you mentioned Kubrick. Um, you know anybody can 
can geek out on Kubrick, but I just want right. to ask you one question. One of the things I always noticed um, and I've always saw seen as key to what he does is viewing him as a photographer, which was his first like impetus yeah. and like who he was. And yeah. I've always thought that there's something that Kubrick does that great directors do because, you know, you're dealing with disparate disparate photographs all strung yeah. together but he holds like the movie that you're still at times looking at profound gorgeous or horrifying photographs mm -hmm. the the, yeah, the picture, right. that there that there's these central images and do you see that that like i mean um with the thinking about things in terms of photography of like the idea of just even though it's a moving film going for almost that, 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 that painting or that picture or that capturing that image. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think the, one of the brilliant things about Kubrick is that he is a photographer, you know, uh, and, and Paul Thomas Anderson also, he operates as his own cinematographer for a lot of his films. I think if you're a great filmmaker, you know how to operate the camera and you know how to make great composition uh, because at the end of the day, what a film is, is photography and, and it is the performances that you're capturing as well. But at the end of the day, like I feel like to be a great filmmaker, you need to use your hands and hold the camera and make the film that you want to make. If you want it to be a completely uncompromised vision, you need to find like what fits in the parameters of that shot and you need to okay it and make sure that it's the, the image that you want it to be. Because you can tell a story and, and point the camera at like a, an actor and be like, this is our character. But the way you're pointing the camera at, and the way you're framing that, that actor is just as important as the uh, story you're telling uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, let's, let's, let's do the big question, Matt. Okay. Uh, let's do the, the, the big question. I want to chat a little bit more uh, about film and just hear like a little bit more as you tell folks about um, some of your recent film, get them a little bit of a taste of that. But big question, why is there something rather than nothing? Matt, do you know? Hmm. I know that's the name of the podcast. So this is, a, <laughs> a, this is a question that I should have expected. Why is there something rather than nothing? That, I feel like we'll have to dive in a little deeper to that to, to really go into what that question means. Um, but to me, uh, there's only something. There's certainly not nothing, not until we're dead, you know? So uh, while there's something, you might as well reflect on that something and uh, make more something out of the something that you're in. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm the, the, the frame of the entire show is things. I think you make beautiful things you create beautiful things and yeah. it's it's all about it's all about existence and um um one of the one of the funny things is that uh as i started to ask this question which is like a typical um the typical way to ask it i know and i was like was talking to a guest and they were like the better frame is um the better frame is how is there something rather than nothing? Right. So then yeah. there's stepping back and saying there is something. All right, Ken, with your goofy ass question, there is. Something. Right. Right. How is there just something that we're experiencing, which is totally fine. Totally right. Right. Fine right. As, yeah. as, as, as well. Um, Hey, um, Matt. It's interesting. Yeah. As you, well, well, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Good. Go you go. No, I was just going to say, as a as a person living on the planet, you, uh, I think a lot of people try to jump to conclusions and uh, make assumptions as to like why we're here and what the point of it all is, and and you know why there is something rather than nothing. And uh, the truth is, like, we don't know. Uh, there's no way we could know. We're too insignificant and small in the span of the universe. So I feel like the whole point of life is to explore. You know what makes you you and 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 why your experience is unique or how your perspective is unique and uh I, I think it's almost the beauty of life that we don't really know what the purpose is of it and that we're too small to understand it makes us i think forever looking for more and i think that quest for more is uh what drives great art and what drives like great general innovation and stuff like that. yeah I, one one i think underneath that or i think the psychological dynamics like wonder creativity curiosity you know like knowing that the the biggest things we just have this general feeling like i don't know we're not going to get the big 
we're not going to get the big report at the end that tells us the why, you know? So, right, right, right. Yeah. you know, like, yeah. let's, let's keep pushing, let's keep pushing through, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, so tell, tell folks, um, we, we had talked a bit, uh, about, about Henry, uh, daddy's wallet, Miss, Miss Freelance house, house to herself. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I'd really like like folks to um, folks to uh, see these, and um, I was just wondering um, if there's any if there's anything else additional you want to just comment upon about those uh, more recent films uh, that you've done to kind of lead folks uh, towards that. However, you wish to share. I mean, yeah, just as I said before, like you know, you can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Vimeo, and uh, yeah, I always appreciate hearing people's thoughts and. I love collaborating too. So if anyone watches these films and then they want to make a film of their own, like I'd love to hear from them and, and work with them. I, you know, almost, I, I definitely like making my own films the most, but almost just as much, I, I take great pleasure in working on other people's projects and, and, and being a, like a, a helper and facilitating someone else's vision. So I'm always looking to, you know, like in the same way that I worked with Liz and I, you know, made her vision come to life. I just, uh, I think there's a great adventure in making your own films, but there's even more adventure in a way in making films for other people because you're meeting other artists and you're collaborating with them and you're kind of understanding their perspective on the world. So I'd love to hear from other people and help them, you know, with their work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's, uh, that's, oh man, that's, that's, that's really a nice, uh, really nice, nice offer. And, and just thinking about, I, I wonder too, and just your comments, like I've picked up on certain things you said about, you know, helping Liz realize her vision and just like, mm-hmm. you know, cause you have, I know like as an artist, you have your own thing, like this is the thing that I want to do, but to be able to immerse yourself into the, into the vision of what somebody's trying to carry out and use your skills to accomplish that, um, collaboration in combining mm-hmm. artistic power to create something like Orfeo. Amen. Mm-hmm. Like incredible, just in pro- profound, just uh, beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, very beautiful thrilling because you get there. And, and for that, in that case specifically, I got there and like, I know nothing about opera to be honest. Uh, so I, I just know, you know, how to make great looking shots, you know? So like yeah. I, I get there and it's just kind of exciting to be like, Oh, okay. Wow. This is like a whole other world that I'm kind of diving into. And then I, and I had suddenly right after the first day of shooting, I had this, profound new respect for opera and, and what it takes to, to perform opera and, you know, make a film that represents opera in the, in the correct way or in the way that Liz wanted it to. So, you yeah, know, I, um, I think being able to learn more through filmmaking is kind of a, an exciting thing for sure. Yeah. And I've, and I've, and I've learned it too. I don't have the, the, the background, but one of the things that was very apparent first off was just the incredible amount of honed tight, skill that is necessary within performance with it. it's language dictation yeah. intonation and then presenting yourself as an artist being able to speak and oh whoa <laughs> like there's yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of development in 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 deep talent um a lot of talent yeah you have to really have a have a certain ear and eye and mind to to do to just perform opera generally but then to also perform it in the framework of making a movie i feel like it takes a lot yeah so um matt in 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 uh in in, in finishing up uh in our ch- our chat here i was just wondering if could you um uh i think about future things or about what you're thinking about and, and i know projects can be discreet and you know it might be involved with them without revealing them but uh well, i you seem obviously in talking to you is kind of sensitive to the things that you're creating, how you're thinking about them. Is, mm-hmm. is there a direction or a way or different things you, you're, you're looking at going forward with your uh, film work? Yeah. In terms of future um, screenings, we're always looking to get the short films themselves screened in, in various festivals. And uh, we've had a lot of luck with getting a lot of reviewers to look at the movies and, you know, getting them screened in various locations and stuff like that. But uh, as far as future projects go, I have like, two short films that I've just finished filming that I'm working on editing now. Uh, and those are very exciting. And then I'm also writing a feature that I'm hoping to shoot, hopefully by the end of the year, it'll be the first feature that I've ever done. And I'm looking to really gather like a decent sized budget and, you know, make a, make a larger scope production because I feel like right now with the short films, there's a nice mystery to them. And then they don't have a lot of, in the, in the fact that they don't have a lot of context because there's not a lot of time 
to uh, showcase an entire story in the framework of like a 20 minute movie. So I'm kind of intrigued and excited by making a story that, you know, has an hour and a half to really dive into the character and, you know, create more context for the story that I'm trying to trying to tell. Yeah. Thanks so much. So um, people can look forward to seeing that uh, eventually when, whenever yeah, those come together. Yeah. Really look forward to that. And I've done some, I've done some reviews. So let's, let's, let's chat about that. I mean, part of, um, I make no pretense as part of, um, the folks that I talk to and the incredible art that I encounter, I want other people to experience. So it's like, how do we get this out there in front of more eyes? Um, particularly when, uh, like I said, I'm just I'm just so deeply impressed and, and and honored to be able to talk to you and in in about about your thinking and to learn more, you know, for me to get in a bit more and, right. and to learn about these films. But I I honestly I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. the the questions. I mean, it's just you're great. You you really get me to talk about them in a way that I I don't normally get to. So it's nice. Not everybody wants to you know, hear all about what you're making. So it's good to kind of like hone in on that for a second. So I really appreciate that. And, it, and it's great to hear that you review too. Like I, I'd love to see written reviews for any of the films. If you, if you, you want to take it upon yourself, I'd love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I've done it with some film and, uh, uh, some, I try to, um, uh, with some, uh, you know, labor books, uh, it doesn't sound like the most, uh, tantalizing or exciting, but I try to, you know, uh, Make it you know, see what people are going on and people, or like I said, are organizing, organizing, collaborating, putting our powers together to try to uh, create uh, great things. Uh, Matthew, a uh, great, great pleasure uh, to meet you. Thank you for your film. I think films, uh, you know, uh, being a mitzvah, a gift uh, to 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 the to to folks. Um, want to thank you for those and, um, everybody check out uh, Matthew Kyle Levine. Um, and of course, a recent guest, uh, Liz Kiger with Orfeo, Matt worked on that film. We've mm-hmm. mentioned the other short films, check out his, uh, Vimeo and Instagram and, um, and, uh, just, just to experience these great, um, uh, impacting films psychologically uh drawing you in be be prepared but but be ready and, and gain the experience uh matt thanks for popping on something rather than nothing i oh for sure it was a, a pleasure category. i had a great time uh that that that's awesome look forward to to more to more of your film uh keep up the great work and uh hope to chat soon appreciate it yeah looking forward to coming on here again sometime all right take care brother okay bye-bye This is something rather than nothing. 